Hello and welcome, Marvelites, back to another episode of the MCU Exchange. Uh, we're happy we had a little break last week, but we're back with full force with some interesting news and tidbits. I'll be your host for this week, Joe, and with me is Charles. What's up? And we're excited to jump in. Sadly, Aaron is not with us again. Um, we're we're going to co coerce him to get back in here. But let's <laughs> jump into the biggest, uh, I think, drop of the week. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. People have been fighting for that trailer. There have been theories everywhere. Oh, it'll drop this date. It'll drop on Tom Holland's birthday. It'll drop a week later. Um, well, it didn't drop, but we did get our first look at the brand new Funko Pops and Legends toys for the upcoming film, which uh, reveal three different iconic suits. The upgraded suit, which seems to be a updated version of his Far From Home black and red suits. We see an integrated suit, which is a combination of the black and red with the iron spider suit. And lastly, a black and gold suit. What what did you think when you saw the suits? I like the uh, the integrated suit. Um, a lot of people were fucking losing their shit over, you know, Spider Man having multiple costumes. As if the character, as, as, as if the characters never had multiple costumes. I think <laughs> more than any other fucking character in the Marvel universe, or even maybe comics, I feel like mm. Spider Man has has the most um, costume variations from all of them, from games. You know, Easter eggs and whatnot. One one issue special costumes he's had. Spider Man definitely has the most costumes here, so it's not surprising that you know with each movie we're getting a new one. And I kind of yeah. dig the uh, the uh, the integrated suit. Uh, I like I like how it's like a mix of the the uh, the basic um, his baseline suit and then a bit of that Iron Spider sort of a uh, big gold motif on him. And yeah, yeah it looks pretty cool. I also like the. Um, the uh, the the black the black and gold suit. I like how in the black and gold suit he has red um, fingers. I, mm -hmm. I think that's a very fucking nice detail to it. And you know I I don't overthink much about these these costumes because I feel like they're they're the least they're the least important aspect of the whole thing, the whole movie. And yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just excited to see you know what these suits do and how they look on screen. And you know. I'm not mad at all as like some other people are. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not mad. To be honest, we had we we had three suits. Actually, we had four suits in the last film. If you think about it, we had the Night Monkey suits. We had his. Uh, we saw the Iron Spider. We had his classic suit for like a few scenes, and then we had the red black suit that he made himself. So. It's not like this is the first film to go through a variety of suits. And I, I do I also like the integrated suit a lot. The integration of that that iron spider symbol on the black and white. I'm curious about how that comes together. Like it seems like he's combining these suits into one. I'm also curious if the black and gold suit is just a different color variant of the base suit. Yeah. If if he has like that iron mesh from the uh iron spider suit. Yeah, I'm really curious. There's some interesting details. Uh, the integrated suit has him. The Funko Pop seems to be showing him using magic. Yeah, I saw that. That's very interesting because I didn't actually realize that now that the time stone is gone from at least from the mainline reality, the sacred timeline, quote unquote. Yeah. I am curious what the what the Eye of Agamotto does. If is it just like you know like a container or is there something to it? Because there, there was early 
Infinity War concept art of Doctor Strange wearing the 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 Iron Man suit, and yeah. the Iron Man suit clearly adjusts to the magic um to the magic relic Strange has on his body. So I am curious if if it's gonna be if this this Spider Man costume is gonna be like does he wear it while he has the Eye of Agamotto on his on his chest because it's mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking interesting as to why the Funko Pop has a bit of magic there. Yeah, and it's it's not uncommon for Spider-Man to have some dabbling in magic-based stuff. I mean, the whole Spider-Verse aspect is always this mythical thing built around him. Uh, I already saw people thinking, oh, it's Doctor Strange in the Spider-Suit, which would be very odd. <laughs> yeah. Though I love the Doctor Strange uh, Funko Pop with a shovel <laughs> and boots and just regular clothing, but he has his cloak <laughs> on. I really can't wait to see what that's all about. <laughs> Yeah, if Doctor Strange is just like in casual wear the whole time, I would fucking love it. <laughs> just to give it a bit of flavor, you know, he he's in his like classic uh, uh, official costume in, in his other appearances. I would mm-hmm. like him to sw- switch it up in other appearances. Make him, you know, a casual Friday. Make make him go on casual yeah. Friday with a, with a it, fucking shovel. It reminds me of the the hoodie he was wearing before. Uh... Bruce crashed through their window in, right. in Infinity War, where it's just like, also, he, you know, he's not gonna run around like a wizard everywhere. Like, what's the right. point? <laughs> do you do you do you think because he's wearing casual, or do you think him crossing paths with Peter? Do you think it's just like some random chance thing where, oh my God, you're here, help me out, or because you I, think that you know, like you said, he's in, in in Infinity War, he's just like wearing jeans before the whole thing goes to shit, so clearly he's not in his wizard outfit the whole time. Do you think th- that's what's going to happen? Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to stumble into each other. And Because mm. the thing is, we don't have any evidence that Peter knows about the Sanctum Sectorum. He just met Strange. That's all he did. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of he's fleeing or whatnot and just kind of randomly ends up at his location or they both are in the same place. Because yeah. a Lego set leaks at Wong's in the film, which we haven't heard about. So it, it seems likely he lands there. I, the whole film's a mess. It's still so hard to figure out what exactly the film's going to do to put that story together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's great. Yeah, it, it looks great. We always get some new suits. And I think that's just kind of a tradition at this point, as you said, with Spider-Man. And it's going to be exciting to see... If that trailer drops soon after all, the Funkos are set to release in August. Um, but who knows? It's all based on Sony's strategy. Marvel owns the toy rights, so they probably just got the toys out before they leaked. Who knows what's going on anymore at this point? But it's it's going to be certainly exciting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quasi-leaks, um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is has a lot of weight on it considering the tragedy has happened and the uncertainty of where are they going? Are they going to adapt the film or how will they adapt it? But uh, Kevin Feige did reveal that they've already started production probably, I think last week or a week ago. Um, And just as that was announced, Production Weekly, uh, Dizzy Insider uh, actually found this first. They revealed some details regarding the film Um, which, you know, we have to still take with a grain of salt. It could be just a general uh, summation of it. But the gist of it is, is that 
pretty much Wakanda and Atlantis are both kind of these secluded countries. But while Wakanda has been opening up, Atlantis is still fearing infiltration from the outside, hinting at something have uh, that has happened some time ago. And there is a big vibranium connection that states that Namor's father went to Antarctis to find uh, vibranium. So maybe that's the catalyst of, because there's also teasing a big war between the countries, maybe that's the catalyst of it. Uh, perhaps I, I kind of have the theory that maybe Namor and the Atlanteans or whatever they're going to be called uh, use vibranium to keep themselves underwater, keep the city a secret, and they kind of have to infiltrate Wakanda to get some, and that just sparks a war. Mm. What are your thoughts on on this in general? Um, it is very um, it's very in line with what you'd expect for uh for Atlantis versus a Wakanda beef. Um, yeah, it's not like some crazy thing where oh my god, why are they fighting over that? It's it's very very in line with what you'd imagine. I am curious with what you said though, because I, yeah, I am curious what 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 other cultures think of vibranium, or if if maybe they've they've managed to to acquire some. Because we know that the Great Mound um, was was born from from Africa, and you know some people tried to get it. I am curious if if other civilizations managed to get their hands on maybe vibranium, mm. and what what if there's another Great Mound somewhere else that's not in Wakanda? You know, what if it's like underwater, prehistoric time, something crashed underwater, and then the Atlanteans found it? What if there's that thing there? Obviously, it would sort of um, break or shatter one's understanding of vibranium because vibranium is a sacred metal in wakanda what what, what yeah. is wakanda gonna feel like now that oh shit we're not the only ones who has this some some other people have this we're not so special after all i wonder if that sort of arc is gonna happen but it's pretty exciting so far it, it's not it's not something that that um that worries me at all and i hope that mm. some some of some of these uh some of some of the synopsis ends up being true I think it would be a, a great personal story as well. The question is, you know, how are they going to tie it together, especially with the passing of the torch of T'Challa? Yeah. I I wonder if, because Vibranium is a, a metal from space that crashed in a meteorite, what if it also is the cause of how Atlantis sunk? Mm. Like, that would be an interesting way to connect it. Um, it it's really curious. Like, the thing that takes you away is also the thing that keeps you alive. But we don't know quite how they're going to explain a way that Atlanteans even exist, that they these people have evolved to breathe underwater. You know, there's going to be comparisons to Aquaman. I'm really curious what direction they're taking. Um, I think the, the potential of them being Mayan-inspired is already a big step in, first of all, diversity and also adding, like, a unique flair to it. Yeah. It's going to be really curious. Um, but that's that's kind of all the info we really have for now. And it's going to be interesting to see what else comes of it. If we get, surprisingly, if they started production, we haven't had any real casting news. We don't know exactly who is returning. The Production Weekly does state that pretty much most of the ex actors from last film are set to return. With Letita, uh, I always hope I don't say the name wrong. Letita Wright, I think, is playing Shuri. Um, Tisha, sorry. Uh, she is playing, she's getting top billing. So there's also a lot of hint that she is the one to take on the Black Panther mantle. Yeah, I think at this point, Shuri is like the safest bet. Um, it's not my yeah. favorite choice, but 
you know, with the with the cards they've been dealt, it's like you know, might as well do what the comics does. Yeah, it seems the safest direction. I I still personally would love to, for Mbaku to take it, especially after the events from the first film. Mm-hmm. Um, or hey, who knows? At the end of the film, everyone has a Black Panther suit. <laughs> it is I, Wakanda I'm, forever. <laughs> I'm all for Okoye becoming the Black Panther. Ooh, More yeah. than sure. Especially with her ha- getting uh, that TV, that Disney Plus series. Yeah. Like, that plus, seems like a perfect way to connect it. Plus, like, in a fight, I feel like I'd rather fight Shuri than fucking Okoye. Because Okoye is going to murder me. Yeah. <laughs> Okoye is going to destroy me. And with Shuri, I kind of like, maybe I have a chance. Maybe maybe I can dodge her, you know, her, her laser blasts. But uh, Okoye, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get fucking murdered. And <laughs> you want so that... You want that intensity with with uh, whoever's carrying that Black Panther with that that sort of gravitas. So that's why I've always leaned towards Okoye rather than, you know, mm-hmm. Shuri. At least in the within the MCU's confines, because in the comics, Shuri is kind of like Okoye, especially yeah. when Shuri becomes the Black Panther. She is fucking ruthless. She's almost like not not evil, but definitely someone you don't want to mess with. And right now, that is Okoye for me. So I'm still on that Okoye. Should be Black Panther bandwagon. It's. Uh, I'm curious if we're gonna get the announcements ahead of the film of what they're going to do with that. Mm-hmm. That that I'm very very curious about. Um, yeah. But I do think for now they're gonna keep it a secret as long as possible, and we might only find out once the trailer drops. Isn't isn't there a Comic Con this year like a virtual thing? Ah, uh, there is a virtual one. I'm not sure if Marvel Studios is attending though. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Yeah, they don't need to anyway. They can do their fucking, what do you call that? Their their investors shit. Yeah, I, I do think that they're shifting to the investors day being the big announcement day. Um, last year was a big success for them. They announced a lot. Though it's weird to think when the last investors day was, we got so many, we got the trailer for WandaVision, uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, and freaking uh, Loki. And now we're like, we're almost done with Loki. We have no trailers for the next Disney Plus shows. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. Either they're saving something up for the summer, or hopefully we get the what if trailer once Loki ends, and that just might be connected. Yeah. Um, speaking of Disney Plus shows, though, uh, there was a, an interesting, could be something, could be absolutely nothing. WandaVision's post-credit sequence from the final episode was tweaked uh, quite a bit. Um, anyone watching the shot will notice that there's a lot more trees. It seems that they kind of adapted the environment. A lot of people still believe it's it's Wunderburg, uh, Wunderburg um, a classic location from Wanda's past in the comics. But it's certainly, they adapted it. And there was even a, a lot of rumors about a shadow potentially being Doctor Strange or... or Kathan or, or Shumagaroff leaning closer towards Wanda, which turned out to be actually an editing error that they took out some lighting and it just stuck yeah. with the camera shot. Um, but I think the the general thing that makes this interesting is that they are adapting footage after it's been released. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we might see additions or changes on Disney Plus shows in general that they try to adapt it to the films in some way? It is fucking curious. And yeah, that's been debunked as something that's like, it's an editing thing that some guy forgot to rotoscope like a shadow out of the thing. But it is very sneaky for Marvel to, you know, 
fi- uh, edit stuff that's been out without letting us know. Um, no. I wonder if they're if they're sort of pulling like a George Lucas thing where you know he just keeps fucking adding shit um, after the fact that it's been it's been out. But yeah, I don't think like, it'd be crazy if they start like altering designs, like character costumes after the release. I hope that doesn't become a thing. I feel like you know stick to your stick to the thing you put out, even if it's shitty, like the Civil War CGI with Iron Man's floating head during the airport fight. I mean, it's, mm. it looks bad, but just leave it alone because that's that's the product that came out and I don't want, you know, them sneakily fixing stuff without us knowing. I mean, it's yeah. there, right? But just for me as a fan, it's like, why are we doing that? Right? At, at this point, it's part of the charm. Like, Black Panther 2 is... A, uh, Black Panther is a great film, but the CGI fight in the Vibranium Mines is still a bit, bit janky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it's part of the charm at this point. And it's, you know they learn and stuff but adapting is a little weird it's just weird that this specific sequence it's the trees that have gotten adapted okay yeah, I mean, people thought it was like fucking vision ghost vision <laughs> vision yeah. is alive confirmed <laughs> i'm surprised yeah. no one went colson lived at this point yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> um then let's talk about something else um <laughs> We have uh, a big trailer drop. So while Spider-Man No Way Home didn't get a trailer, Shang-Chi got a second one. Um, it was a it gave us some more insights into the story, into Shang-Chi's general adventure that is ahead of him, more conflict with his father, which was in very interesting focus. We also got the tease of the Ten Rings, including our first look at the dragon that many thought was Fing Fang Foom, but is an, it's just called the Great Protector. And lastly, a very interesting reveal. Uh, Abomination versus Wong in a random fighting tournament. What do you think about that? Well, it's clearly Marvel giving us Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat didn't give us the tournament. So <laughs> That's this, is our, this is our Mortal Kombat. It's filling the, the Mortal Kombat void. But yeah, I, I, I feel like the trailer is... It's pretty much about Abomination at this point because that's all people are talking about. And I think why it's really so because it is a fucking batshit cameo that they just revealed in the trailer. Um, yeah. It's incredible that he actually looks like the comic version right now. It's incredible that that a character like that is appearing here. And I've seen people say that oh, he's probably here because they might want to save money and use the the rig and the, 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 the 3D model they use here for She-Hulk. And mm. it's very, very economic, and it makes so much sense on every level. But, man, just the idea that Abomination is somewhere fucking in a cage fight, a superhuman cage fight, that's crazy world-building for me, and that excites me. It makes me more excited as to who else shows up. I mean, I don't know why Wong is there, but I'm excited just who else they, who else they, did they bring here. I wonder if, if it's just Abomination. Is he going to be like the only cool character in the whole tournament or maybe they have like other cool cameos who knows but it's very very exciting imagine if they just randomly dropped the leader in there like everyone thought oh abomination 2008 hulk finally gets some rep and then freaking the leader just shows up out of nowhere <laughs> imagine omega red shows up Ooh, <laughs> all, all, those long... cra- all, all those crazy falcon theorists will be happy 
<laughs> him and Wolverine after being rumored forever to appear in Madripoor. <laughs> this is where they show up. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm generally curious. Like, part of me wished we actually got, like, a series that's just that tournament or a film. Because I feel like everything always focuses on a lot more. But a simple concept like that could be so much fun to play around with. Yeah. Um, I, I still hope maybe they'll add in iron fist in that tournament that seems like a perfect way to kind of throw him into the mcu if it's finn jones or not um but that would be a that i mean that would blow i think a lot of people's minds and you know, hmm? you know what would be crazy if if they put iron fist and saber tooth in a fight Ooh, because saber yeah. first appearance ever in the comics is not fucking fighting wolverine but fighting iron fist true that way you know get the mutants in get people hyped yeah just 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 so a fucking savage dude with fangs with lots of hair with a mane and fighting a guy with chi that would be pretty cool and then uh, just, and it's a, it's an amazing callback to you know the comics yeah oh i'm i'm all in for that yeah. i want wolverine's introduction to be a fight against hulk not gonna lie <laughs> As long as it's not in a cage fight, because that's what they did with the first X-Men. Yeah, true. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. But overall, I think the while everyone's kind of focusing on Abomination, I think the trailer was great. I'm really excited to see this mythological side and this Chinese myth, uh, what how they use Chinese myth. I find really interesting because I was, I was doing some research on why the dragon was underwater. And what I didn't know is that in Chinese myth, dragons are actually known as the control they control water like rain or waterfalls and they reside in water so they're really dipping their toes into actual mythology there yeah the dragon looks super fucking cool i'm i'm still curious if they're gonna refer to it as fin fang foam at one point mm. even as an easter egg but it's pretty badass and i am I'm curious what, the, what what else the dragon does here yeah, it's it's gonna be exciting. See how it builds up, and I'm curious what you know. What's the future for Shang Chi as a character? Where where is he heading after this? That could be really exciting. But let's see. We it's not too long. Finally, next week, Black Widow, and then in September we get Shang Chi. Time is flying. <laughs> um, with that, I think it's time to head into the big thing of the week or the last two weeks because we didn't get a chance to talk about last week's episode loki um some big revelations a small little character driven story right into the big overarching plot uh how do you feel about the episodes charles uh what was like your your highlights or your low points for the two episodes i think you're muted <laughs> for for the episode what was it episode three and four, right? Yeah. Am I missing? Yeah. For episode three, I'm really digging. I, I, I dug the fact that we got some character stuff. I did not like how the episode wrapped up. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, no, it's not as bad seeing what happens after. But when episode three came out, I was kind of like, mm, I feel like it could have been wrapped up better. Um, but the character stuff is great. It informs sort of the big thing here where in episode four where you know loki and sylvie might have a thing going on um but yeah, i think i think ultimately episode four is where they drop so much bombs you know you 
so much fucking reveals, so much shit happens. Mobius gets gets pruned, Loki gets pruned, but clearly there's some there's someplace else. The TBA is fake. We, we sort of got a got a sense of that in, in the first two episodes, but now it's like a big confirmation. Ravana's like super evil, and I feel like you know episode four really really made up for for the fact that episode three was so slow. Episode four was like where they dumped everything and. I have to watch the whole thing for episode five and six to tell exactly how to get, to get a good sense of how good the spacing for the season is. But yeah, it's it's been a strong run so far, even with my gripes with episode three. I like I personally really liked. I I kind of call it a calm before a storm. Like the third episode, yes. I mean, many people call it a filler episode. I mean, for that, it might be the most expensive one. As you said, uh, it's just the most expensive filler episode ever produced. The problem with the Marvel shows is that they always say it's going to be six episodes. So anytime a slowdown happens, there's always this fear of, oh, are we not going to get more? Is this just going to be slower now? But this the connection they try to build up with Sylvie and Loki is really interesting. And like many, I think many were like on the fence about it being a romantic interest but kind of outright confirmed that it is it with episode four. It's such an interesting thing to tackle, especially if you, I was, I was rewatching an, an earlier episode. I didn't realize there's literally the line. If you come to love yourself in it. And that's kind of like the concept is that Loki just took it a little too literal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, but the I think Lamentus, what I liked about Lamentus is while it was a bit more stuck on that planet, the ending, I think, I agree was a bit like, okay, you know, they're trying to get a chance, try to get out. Then it kind of ended. But I see why they ended it there, because the opening of this episode actually plays an integral part to pretty much the buildup for the final two episodes, as well as how they got found. And that's kind of an interesting concept to play around with. And I think if they gave that away in the last episode, it wouldn't be as intriguing because it's kind of the focus of this mystery. Why? I feel like like you could have ended the last episode with them holding hands and then the timeline breaking. I feel like Mm. that's the, oh my God, like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? Why are they breaking the apocalypse sort of law? The, the 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 natural law of the apocalypse why are they sort of what's happening why why is they them holding in sort of breaking the fucking universe and i feel like you could have sure. ended with that and then you know and then um they get captured with the tv and then the episode ends and then open the next episode you could sort of even splice together sylvie being brought in and then young sylvie getting mm. captured. you could do like th- that sort of thing but again it's just nitpicks it's not like it's not um it's not a bane for the episode that they went that route, but it's like a nitpick I have here. But yeah. it works for the most part, I think. Yeah, it definitely comes together. The The reveal of her being taken away as a child is, is really interesting as well, because that's an interesting thing in the beginning of the episode. Because the, the one thing that confused me about this, and it started to kind of stockpile with the whole variant concept, is... We see like these different variants taking completely new forms. But at first we always thought it was about keeping that timeline safe. Yet the more you think about it, how did like a Loki turn into a Hulk and they only got him before he turned because there's no event that would lead to that. Right. 
And the same was with Sylphie. Like, you would think that when she was, if she was born a girl, that they would have, like, caught her when she was a baby. Because that would have been the Nexus events. So I kind of get the feeling that we're going to learn a bit more about what Nexus events truly are. Because I think it's the, like, the big, there's a big lie at the end of this episode. Like, Wizard of Oz, the big reveal, the, the timekeepers are actually androids. Which, I have to say, I couldn't understand anything they said. I had to put up subtitles when they were talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've heard a bunch of people say that. They couldn't understand jack shit. <laughs> the, guy, the, the, the one with the mustache is just like, rah, rah, rah. I was like, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I have to say, though, that sequence, the music, the visuals of the timekeepers, that was amazing. That was, like, really, really well done. And I love the fact that the if you look to the sides, you saw like these endless staircases building on that classic painting of you know endless time and endless possibility. But the the voices, like even though I couldn't understand them, the voices were perfect. They had like this ominous atmosphere. What did get me is the creepy ass laugh after the mid one was decapitated, and then just I, deactivating. I, I wonder where their control panel is. Yeah. If it's someplace across the universe or is someone like uh, manipulating them, like maybe, I don't know, not telepathically, but I don't know, like magically. It's very interesting as to how that scene plays out. And it's very, very um, theatrical. And I like you said, I like the fucking laugh they do because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. They, it's almost like they, uh, part of them knew if anyone would figure it out, it would be a Loki. Because the thing that's interesting is that, like, the Loki and TVA dynamic is that they're complete opposites. Lokis were born for chaos, while TVA was born for order. And that's just kind of this interesting dynamic they're playing on. But yeah. Yeah, I can't, I cannot wait to see what happens. So the wait for the next episode is, is, is too long. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's it's gonna be fucking new, especially how the episode ends. Yeah, <laughs> all the fucking alternate Loki's there. It kind of seems like that scene in the trailer where the vote Loki scene is playing out. It looks like everyone's a Loki there. That's what I'm gonna assume there because, um, because the the black dude with the hammer is clearly a Loki, and he's there also with them. So I wonder if all those people in that scene in the trailer are Loki's, but. I think it's it's safe to assume that next episode, next episode, the penultimate one is gonna be batshit crazy. Yeah, like that. There, that makes me like question one thing. It's like, why is it all Lokis in this one location? Yeah, because that's kind of weird. Like the the vote Loki with all these different Loki variants. Because that was the one thing. Because some people noticed that the bearded guy from the first showcase of different Lokis was in that sequence, but it's obviously not Tom Hiddleston playing the character. But yeah. the the rule that was set is that every Loki has to kind of look like Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Because that, it does, like, it's so much, like, the moment you find out that something's not right, and I wasted way too many times trying to make everything work within the uh, sacred timeline theory, I feel like at the end we're just going to find out that there is an actual multiverse, but yeah, this specific timeline is something that whoever is, like, the mastermind, if it be Kang or whatnot, is trying to keep active in a certain way. I, I think at this point it's it's a very safe thing to assume that everything is bullshit. Maybe yeah. that maybe you know there is no such thing as a Nexus event. 
maybe that's why maybe they just fucking arrested Sylvie just because and pretended oh we, because you were a you're a variant you're an ex you 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 started a nexus event i i don't think there is um it's just all bullshit just to sort of justify what the tv is doing yeah and i i think we're gonna find out in the next episode what's that all about i think we're gonna kind of switch between wherever loki is and sylvie inter uh interrogating ravona i hope i really i really think they shouldn't wait with the final episode for that because the final episode should build on that grand twist, in my opinion. Yeah, so fucking give us episode five now. Yeah, just release it. Uh, <laughs> interesting. One thing I did read, and I found that quite interesting, that people said the reason why they plucked uh, Sylvie was because she was becoming a hero and not a villain. Because she was playing with Valkyrie toys. Ooh. Interesting. That That, like, so the Nexus event is... It doesn't matter now what they look like, even though that was the established rule. It's just that they do the things they're meant to do. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, of course, people have the theories like, oh, the Natalie Portman Thor is from where Sylvie is because it's just a gender swap version timeline. It's like, huh? I don't think they. I don't think they'd go that far. No, I, I doubt it. I think it would it would downplay her role as a character if they don't yeah. build on the existing one. It's just I I really hope the next episode because we we now have Richard E. Grant as classic Loki in really bad cosplay. <laughs> yeah, we have the boastful Loki who has a Thor inspired hammer, mm-hmm. Kid Loki, and Crocodile Loki. So Crocodile Loki, huh? Crocodile Loki is like the best part. Oh my god, I I love that addition. I love someone said we have to have like the weirdest one in there, and I so hope it confirms that we're gonna get Throg in some capacity. Oh yeah, the fact that you know Michael Waldron decided to put a fucking crocodile there is like <laughs> super fucking Rick and Morty shit. It so is, and I I really hope. Like I'm curious, does he talk? Like does he talk normally, or does he just? Oh, I want to know what happens. Uh, I'm curious though, like there's already theories that the classic Loki we get introduced because it is strong. It seems to be inspired by Loki agent of Asgard that he's like the mastermind of it all. But then it kind of opens up the question. Why is he there on this strange pruning land, whatever it is? Yeah. But it's going to be really interesting. I'm also curious if they're going to do something with kid Loki moving forward because he is a very famous member of the young Avengers in the comics. Yeah. I mean, who who did who did they cast? Is he like a an actor, actor, or just like an extra? Uh, he's not well known from what I've seen. Hmm. So I don't I I didn't see anyone like me. Oh, finally him! I don't I haven't seen many roles that he's done. So either it's like with the they just have a lot see a lot of potential in him, or like the thing is, do we really need Kid Loki in the Young Avengers? To be fair. What what does that character add at this point that really switches it up? Well, it, it's a tall order for the kid because we have this idea of Loki who is Tom Hiddleston who is a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. If this kid is anything less or anything not like that or maybe even like if if whatever the kid brings doesn't work, they're fucked. So yeah. I mean if, if they're doing it, I hope they find a way to make it good at least. Definitely. I think next episode will give us that clear answer on, you know, can this kid be a Loki? But we're going to get so many, potentially. Who knows? 
Yeah. I, I have one question for you. This this is something that's been bothering me. Do you think Vote Loki is a variant or is it the same uh, end game Loki we've been following? I what, think is, it's what is your money on? I think it's him. Yeah. He he hatches up a scheme maybe there. Maybe maybe the whole episode is just them trying to fucking vote voting to see who leads the fight against the TV. You know, there's some some cra- some crazy shit where all the Lokis convene for an election as to who becomes their Loki leader. You know, some crazy thing like that. It's very fun to think about. Yeah. I think the one he's saying, what did you expect to is Mobius? Ooh. Because we there was a leaked sequence of Mobius driving a car where he was like in a similar area, whatever this limbo land is. And yeah. he saw like, and I think he's looking for Loki. And that's like him saying, you know, what did you expect when he shows up then? That's that's my theory of it all. It, it's oh man, it's so fun. I mean, the episode can't get any faster than it. I want to yeah. Fucking... Yeah, I have to say, like, even though part of me says, "Oh, I want more of this," the build up to it just makes it so strong. Uh, the scenes with Mobius, the scenes with Loki and Sylvie were really powerful in this episode, especially like Owen Wilson really played this character well. Hmm. So I'm really curious, and I, I really hope we get more TVA in the future. I love this organization. I'm still pissed off that S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of disappeared extremely early in the MCU's timeline. Still kind of hoping they make a return. We, you know, we talked about that last time, but I think TVA, Owen Wilson, oh, we need more. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. He's so good. And I, I'm so amazed Charles Murphy likes him. Like, I remember for months on end, he says he does not care that he was in it <laughs> he's he he's you fall in love with him to the point where you actually scream when he gets pruned oh man <laughs> like holy that, shit is he dead that is, that is proof of a lot isn't it yeah i i have to say like anyone who's who likes this version of owen wilson i highly recommend midnight in paris He's also very much a bit more reserved than that, which is a great performance of his. And I was really hoping we get that here, and we did. So really looking forward to the next few episodes. And hopefully we find out when freaking What If drops, because, you know, this show's ending in a week and a half. Oh, yeah, so, they're, they're, they're waiting for the show to end to announce when, when What If is coming. Yeah, I think there's going to be some tie-ins and maybe some build-up on how that all connects. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Any, any last final thoughts on the episodes or what's your, what's your, what's your biggest hype, exciting thing for next week? I want to see, um, what the other Lokis are. I want to see the, what the, um, what that boat Loki scene is. And obviously, I mean, I think at this point there is someone pulling the strings and Kang is like the most obvious bet. And I, I can't wait to see how the pans out. Yeah, uh, same with me. I kind of hope we get a love parallel. I, my biggest theory to this time right now is still is that the sacred timeline is the one to keep Ravona alive for Kang because that is like the biggest famous storyline oh. between those two. Yeah. It it would be a nice parallel between Sylvie and Loki um, with that love story. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, with that. Another episode comes to end. It's the saddest part of the week, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We cannot wait uh, for the next time. 
if you want to, you know, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can always check them out on your classic podcast location. Is it Spotify, Apple? Um, it's your choice. This is already our 58th episode. We're getting close to that 60. And we cannot wait to have you guys next time. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to check out www.mcuexchange.com to be on top of your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe news. Um, and you can also follow us. Uh, you can follow Charles on Twitter at... You can follow me at CFS Villian Weber. And you can find me at, at that bell. Uh, we can't wait until next time. And let's hope that Loki episode drops soon. Till then. Bye.